Did you miss Canty and Carlin? That's right. The American League MVP is staying a whole mega deal for Aaron Judge. Nine years, $360 million, 40 mil per year for the guy who hit 62 bombs in the Bronx this past season. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. I'm Gabe Neitzel, along with Michael Rothstein, in for the guys today. And, look, I understand, Michael, there are two types of people in this world. Yankee fans and those who hate the Yankees. But even if you are one of those people who hates the Yankees and you're disappointed that one of the best players in baseball is still going to be playing for the Yankees, I think you can appreciate... Him betting on himself, Aaron Judge saying no to seven years and $215 million at the end of training camp and going, nope, watch this. And then going out and hitting 62 home runs throughout the course of a year and then cashing in with nine years, $360 million. I think you can try to separate your fandom and still appreciate that this man bet on himself and it paid off in a big way. Without a doubt. By the way, I think most people in baseball, Gabe, are just... They're used to the fact of the Yankees having one of the best players in baseball because they will always pay to have one of the best players in baseball. And usually they'll pay to have anywhere between three to five of the top 20 players in baseball if you want to add pitchers in there as well. I I love that Aaron Judge bet on himself. I I wish we saw more athletes do it in more ways across sports we do see it occasionally and listen sometimes it's a risk for teams if you look at a situation where a guy bets on himself has a career year goes to another team and then proceeds to regress back to the mean which was eh. that has not been the case with Aaron Judge going in so you bet on yourself because you know what you've done and you know what contracts are like in baseball so you feel I think a lot better it's a lot safer bet if you're Aaron Judge, than if you are random, mediocre player in Sport X. Yeah, and yes, Aaron Judge betting on himself is a lot different. And look, he went from one of the best players in baseball to the best player in baseball by winning the American League MVP this past year and doing, you know, setting the Yankees home run record and the American League home run record with 62 home runs and doing all these historic things that brought attention to himself. So the Yankees, the clip we played at the beginning from Max Kellerman is the best. Yes, the Yankees ended up paying a dumb tax, right? Like how you decided to lowball this guy who's been the face of your franchise and then for him to go out and have the year he did. Yep, you're going to have to end up paying for that. And they did. It's, yeah, Aaron Judge, even if he were to regress to the mean, as you were saying, that would still be a really good baseball player, <laughs> and he'd be really good anchoring any lineup across baseball. Yeah, I mean, listen, the mean is an all-star, right? <laughs> That's a pretty good mean. I do take issue with one thing, though, with what you heard at the top, with what Max says, was saying with the dumb tax, though, Gabe. And it is, sure, but how do we know that Judge wouldn't have turned down what they offered him now and just said, you know, I'm still going to bet on myself because say they offered him that now and then goes out and has the year of the yes, he's probably making the most money ever in baseball, not APY, but total possibly over the same nine years. Like let's the Yankees have a lot of money. They're known to be big spenders. So I, if I would have Aaron judge, I would have done exactly what he did no matter what and taken that chance because even if he had gotten hurt, this year, even if he had had a subpar year, 
guess what? He still would have gotten a whole bunch of money. Like this was a no lose situation for Aaron Judge. The only thing that would have been lost was maybe uh, what will be a rounding error for him and what would have been life changing money for me, you, or our producers. So talking about guys that have bet themselves, bet on themselves. Clearly, it worked out for Aaron Judge. One of those guys that made the decision to bet on himself in the NFL, something you said you wanted to see a little bit more of, is Lamar Jackson. And things just have not gone as well for Lamar. His team, before he even got hurt, had blown a couple of double-digit fourth-quarter leads this season. They're still among the upper echelon teams in the, in the AFC this year. But now he's hurt after he missed some time last year. And... The report from Adam Schefter back in September that um, Lamar Jackson turned down what league sources believe to be an offer worth about $250 million with about 130 of that being guaranteed. How do you feel about how the Lamar Jackson betting on himself situation has gone? I, I still think it's gone well because I still think it's going to work out well. And I get why Lamar Jackson would do this. And I think that more of the quarterbacks in the NFL should have taken his lead instead of taking different deals like Kyler Murray did and Russell Wilson did, frankly. Now, in Russell Wilson's case, as he's playing right now, probably was the smart move, and you can maybe make that argument with Kyler Murray, but that just showed, I think, a lack of... um, I I don't even know the right word. I probably can't say that word on the radio. (laughs) Because... It's all in comparison to that ridiculous Deshaun Watson deal, right? Like the the guaranteed five-year, $230 million. Like it's all in comparison to that. And that, to me, set the bar for Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson should very rightly be like, listen, I was a league MVP. He was not. I have caused you no problems or no major problems for sure off of the field where Deshaun Watson is a walking problem. Like it, why would I take any less money than that? Uh, if I'm Lamar Jackson, I still think I made the right call here. And again, it's not like this was a massive injury that's going to knock him out for the season. We're talking about a one to three week injury here. And a lot of quarterbacks and players around the league, Gabe, have one to three week injuries. I don't think this should, should affect anything at all for Lamar Jackson going down the road. I still think he has put himself in a really good position to cash in and get all of that money. The bigger thing for me will be what happens in the postseason with Lamar Jackson because that's where the issue has been. You get to the postseason, you win a game in the postseason, then Baltimore literally has no case to not pay you. The To your point, the NFL being a very violent sport, you can get injured at any point. No one's going to confuse the mobility of Jimmy Garoppolo to Lamar Jackson. And Jimmy Garoppolo just suffered an eight-week injury. You know, so you can kind of suffer those injuries at any time. And Lamar may be a little more susceptible to it with the way he runs, but I I can't think of any time when I've watched, sat down to watch a Ravens game where he just takes this big, devastating hit because he's so fast, he's so quick. It seems like more glancing blows, he's able to get out of bounds. But the problem with betting on yourself in the NFL, it doesn't really matter what happens with Lamar this year because the Ravens are going to throw the franchise tag on him. And then he, they're probably going to throw the franchise tag on him after 23. So he's probably going to have to wait two years at this point unless the Ravens actually do come with something that's a little more closer to that Deshaun Watson contract that you mentioned. 
So yeah, he can bet on himself, but he's distancing because of the way the NFL set up with the franchise tag. That's what ends up kind of being the hamstring of him as he tries to bet on himself and cash in big. Sure, except for the fact that you need to do that because, again, if he takes a little bit of a lesser deal, not only does it hurt him potentially. I mean, listen, we're, we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars that you know we're probably arguing about what, five to 10 million, maybe $20 million here, which for in the scope of this contract is not as big of a deal, but it also sets a precedent for future quarterbacks because that's the thing with all of this is Lamar's deal, whatever it will be, will be the biggest deal potentially, depending if he can actually convince them to give him more than the ridiculous Deshaun Watson deal until the next big quarterback deal. And, and that's part of this and it's building. So that's part of the, all of this. I think when it comes to the Lamar Jackson conversation, if they franchise tag him twice, that's still a boatload of money. And look at what happened then with Kirk Cousins, because that's the last time that that happened. And, I mean, he got a fully guaranteed deal. And if I'm Lamar Jackson, I would feel really good about that. If I'm Baltimore, I just would I would, I would, would make him happy because other people are going to want to go to Baltimore to play with Lamar Jackson if he's signed for a long-term deal. Yeah, and- if he ever were to hit the free agent market and be an actual free agent the way that Kirk Cousins was, those guys don't hit free agency all too often. And he would get just a mega, mega deal. Because if you're Lamar and they just franchise tag you twice, man, I am I, 100%. I'm not going to sign a contract with you. I am hitting free agency and we are going to have an open bidding war for my services that seems to be the road we're kind of heading down. And again, we're probably two years away from that because of the way the franchise tag works. But I am, I am 100%, just like I know a lot of people rooting for Aaron Judge, I am 100% rooting for Lamar Jackson in his bet for himself. So that's the macro for the Ravens. But what about the micro in this year? Will Lamar's injury cost them the playoffs? And who is sitting there waiting to potentially take advantage? We'll dive into that next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, in the ESPN app. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. That's right, the American League MVP is staying a home. Mega deal for Aaron Judge, nine years. $360 million, 40 mil per year for the guy who hit 62 bombs in the Bronx this past season. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. 
ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. I'm Gabe Neitzel, along with Michael Rothstein, in for the guys today. And, look, I understand, Michael, there are two types of people in this world. Yankee fans and those who hate the Yankees. But even if you are one of those people who hates the Yankees and you're disappointed that one of the best players in baseball is still going to be playing for the Yankees, I think you can appreciate him betting on himself. Aaron Judge saying no to seven years and $215 million at the end of training camp and going, nope, watch this. And then going out and hitting 62 home runs throughout the course of a year and then cashing in with nine years, $360 million. I think you can try to separate your fandom and still appreciate that this man bet on himself and it paid off in a big way. Without a doubt. And by the way, I think most people in baseball, Gabe, are just, they're used to the fact of the Yankees having one of the best players in baseball <laughs> because they will always pay to have one of the best players in baseball. And usually they'll pay to have anywhere between three to five of the top 20 players in baseball, if you want to add pitchers in there as well. I, I, I love that Aaron Judge bet on himself. I, I wish we saw more athletes do it in more ways across sports. We do see it occasionally. And listen, sometimes it's a risk for teams if you look at a situation where a guy bets on himself, has a career year, goes to another team, and then proceeds to regress back to the mean, which was eh. That has not been the case with Aaron Judge going in. So you bet on yourself because you know what you've done and you know what contracts are like in baseball. So you feel, I think, a lot better. It's a lot safer bet if you're Aaron Judge than if you are random, mediocre player in Sport X. Yeah, and yes, Aaron Judge betting on himself is a lot different. And look, he went from one of the best players in baseball to the best player in baseball by winning the American League MVP this past year and doing, you know, setting the Yankees you know, home run record and the American League home run record with 62 home runs and doing all these historic things that brought attention to himself. So the Yankees, I, I, the clip we played at the beginning for Max Kellerman is the best. Yes, the Yankees ended up paying a dumb tax, right? Like how you decided to lowball this guy who's been the face of your franchise and then for him to go out and have the year he did. Yep, you're going to have to end up paying for that. And they did. It's, yeah, Aaron Judge, even if he were to regress to the mean, as you were saying, that would still be a really good baseball player, <laughs> and he'd be really good anchoring any lineup across baseball. Yeah, I mean, listen, the mean is an all-star, right? <laughs> That's a pretty good mean. I do take issue with one thing, though, with what you heard at the top, with what Max says, was saying with the dumb tax, though, Gabe. And it is, sure, but how do we know that Judge wouldn't have turned down what they offered him now and just said, you know, I'm still going to bet on myself because say they offered him that now and then goes out and has the year of the yes, he's probably making the most money ever in baseball, not APY, but total possibly over the same nine years. Like let's the Yankees have a lot of money. They're known to be big spenders. So I, if I, I would have, Aaron Judge, I would have done exactly what he did no matter what and taken that chance because even if he had gotten hurt this year, even if he had had a subpar year, guess what? He still would have gotten a whole bunch of money. Like this was a no-lose situation for Aaron Judge. The only thing that would have been lost was maybe uh, what will be a rounding error for him and what would have been life-changing money for me, you, or our producers. So talking about guys that have bet themselves, bet on themselves. Clearly it worked out for Aaron Judge. 
one of those guys that made the decision to bet on himself in the NFL, something you said you wanted to see a little bit more of, is Lamar Jackson. And things just have not gone as well for Lamar. His team, before he even got hurt, had blown a couple of double-digit fourth-quarter leads this season. They're still among the upper echelon teams in the in the AFC this year. But now he's hurt after he missed some time last year. And the report from Adam Schefter back in September that um, Lamar Jackson turned down what league sources believe to be an offer worth about $250 million with about 130 of that being guaranteed. How do you feel about how the Lamar Jackson betting on himself situation has gone? I, I still think it's gone well. Because I still think it's going to work out well. And I get why Lamar Jackson would do this. And I think that more of the quarterbacks in the NFL should have taken his lead instead of taking different deals like Kyler Murray did and Russell Wilson did, frankly. Now, in Russell Wilson's case, as he's playing right now, probably was the smart move. And you can maybe make that argument with Kyler Murray. But that just showed, I think, a lack of... um, I don't even know the right word. I probably can't say that word on the radio. <laughs> to, because it's all in comparison to that ridiculous Deshaun Watson deal, right? Like the the guaranteed five-year, $230 million. Like it's all in comparison to that. And that, to me, set the bar for Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson should very rightly be like, listen, I was a league MVP. He was not. I have caused you no problems or no major problems for sure off of the field where Deshaun Watson is a walking problem. Like, why would I take any less money than that? Uh, If I'm Lamar Jackson, I still think I made the right call here. And again, it's not like this was a massive injury that's going to knock him out for the season. We're talking about a one to three week injury here. And a lot of quarterbacks and players around the league, Gabe, have one to three week injuries. I don't think this should should affect anything at all for Lamar Jackson going down the road. I still think he has put himself in a really good position to cash in and get all of that money. The bigger thing for me will be what happens in the postseason with Lamar Jackson because that's where the issue has been. You get to the postseason, you win a game in the postseason, then Baltimore literally has no case to not pay you. The... To your point, the NFL being a very violent sport, you can get injured at any point. No one's going to confuse the mobility of Jimmy Garoppolo to Lamar Jackson. And Jimmy Garoppolo just suffered an eight-week injury. You know, So you can kind of suffer those injuries at any time. And Lamar may be a little more susceptible to it with the way he runs, but I, I can't think of any time when I've watched sat down to watch a Ravens game where he just takes this big devastating hit because he's so fast he's so quick it seems like more glancing blows he's able to get out of bounds but the problem with betting on yourself in the NFL it doesn't really matter what happens with Lamar this year because the Ravens are going to throw the franchise tag on him and then they're probably going to throw the franchise tag on him after 23 so he's probably going to have to wait two years at this point unless the Ravens actually do come with something that's a little more closer to that Deshaun Watson contract that you mentioned so yeah he can bet on himself but he's distancing because of the way the NFL set up with the franchise tag that's what ends up kind of being the hamstring of him as he tries to bet on himself and cash in big sure except for the fact that you need to do that because, again, if he takes a little bit of a lesser deal, not only does it hurt him potentially. I mean, listen, we're, we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars that, you know, we're probably arguing about, what, five to 10 million, maybe $20 million here, which for in the 
scope of this contract is not as big of a deal, but it also sets a precedent for future quarterbacks because that's the thing with all of this is Lamar's deal, whatever it will be, will be the biggest deal potentially, depending if he can actually convince them to give him more than the ridiculous Deshaun Watson deal until the next big quarterback deal. And, and that's part of this and it's building. So that's part of this. all of this. I think when it comes to the Lamar Jackson conversation, if they franchise tag him twice, that's still a boatload of money. And look at what happened then with Kirk Cousins, because that's the last time that that happened. And I mean, he got a fully guaranteed deal. And if I'm Lamar Jackson, I would feel really good about that. If I'm Baltimore, I just would, I would, I would make him happy because other people are going to want to go to Baltimore to play with Lamar Jackson if he's signed for a long-term deal. Yeah. And if he ever were to hit the free agent market and be an actual free agent the way that Kirk Cousins was, those guys don't hit free agency all too often. And he would get just a mega, mega deal. Because if you're Lamar and they just franchise tag you twice, man, I am I 100%. I'm not going to sign a contract with you. I am hitting free agency and we are going to have an open bidding war for my services that seems to be the road we're kind of heading down. And again, we're probably two years away from that because of the way the franchise tag works. But I am I am 100%, just like I know a lot of people rooting for Aaron Judge, I am 100% rooting for Lamar Jackson in his bet for himself. So that's the macro for the Ravens. But what about the micro in this year? Will Lamar's injury cost them the playoffs? And who is sitting there waiting to potentially take advantage? We'll dive into that next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You can't miss Canty and Carlin, pound for pound, the biggest show on ESPN Radio. The Odell Beckham Jr. Tour continues in the NFL, and the team making the most noise to sign him, potentially, the Dallas Cowboys. We see how much of a reality that potentially is right now on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and on your smart speakers by saying, play ESPN Radio. I'm Gabe Neitzel, along with Michael Rothstein, and we welcome in Todd Archer, ESPN NFL Nation Cowboys reporter, to help us make more sense of the situation. So let's just start here, Todd. Where are the Cowboys and OBJ? Uh, in a waiting game. I mean, there's really nothing going on at the moment from what I can tell. I know Jerry told a group of reporters today that, hey, they're still working on it. But, you know, if this was something that was going to happen, it needs to happen soon. They got to get the guy in the building to see, truly get their hands on him and have him work out and do something with his knee and see where he is. So the longer this thing goes where there's no agreement between him and the Cowboys or him and any team, I would put your money on him not playing anywhere this year, to be honest with you. I mean, 
Micah Parsons told us today, he was asked, hey, did you ask Odell how long before he'd be ready to play? And he said five weeks. So that's through the end of the regular season. So now they're going to have a guy come out and play and potentially play in the playoffs. There's as optimistic as all of this stuff sounded, uh, you know, before he got here on his visit, it seems more ominous that it's not going to happen after he's been in the building. All right. So, Todd, I mean, we all know Jerry's going to be Jerry, though, right? Like, could you see him making this move with OBJ just for the playoffs? Well, I mean, you said it. it Jerry being Jerry, sure, anything's possible. He could <laughs> sign me, too, I guess, right? I mean, so, uh, well, uh, although I do think the, the the chances of Odell signing here are probably a little bit, or him wanting Odell over me are probably a little bit better. Um, but, I mean, the knee is still the knee. So, if he's not ready to play, he's not ready to play. And, um, that's what this is going to come down to, not only finances and not only what he can bring to the team or, or anything like that. It's going to be about the health of his knee. And, you know, if they were going to do this, get him in the building as soon as possible. And if, if that doesn't happen by next week, I mean, I'm just hard-pressed to think that they're going to throw a guy out there in the playoffs that has never really done much in anything in practice with his team, wasn't, playing in a regular season, wasn't practicing in a regular season, wasn't around a team at all. It seems an awful lot to put on the guy as talented as Odell is to say, all right, come in and play in maybe one or maybe four playoff games. It, it does. It just, it just seems to be a lot of bridges that they have to cross to, to make this thing happen. Talking with Todd Archer, ESPN NFL Nation Cowboys reporter here on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Gabe Nodd, so along with Michael Rothstein in for the guys today. What do you make of what Demarcus Laura said today about OBJ? And just to kind of paraphrase it, more or less saying, hey, if he can win, help us win a Super Bowl, I'm all in on that. But if it's the circus, I don't want him around our team. How do you, what do you make of that comment by Demarcus Lawrence? Yeah, I, I mean, it sounds like the truth, right? I mean, and some of the issues around Odell aren't even Odell's fault. It's just because of his name and what it means and, and how it attracts the lights and, and, and all that. So that's not necessarily always Odell's fault when it comes to these things. But I think it's Demarcus Lawrence being the third longest tenured Cowboy, I think, if off the top of my head in the locker room, tired of not getting to a conference title game, let alone a Super Bowl. He knows he's running out of chances and opportunities that he's like, yeah, this is about winning a Super Bowl. Let's go and get it done. If not, if it's going to be a, a circus and a sideshow, then just who cares? Just move on. And, you know, you can make statistical arguments that the Cowboys don't, quote, need Odell with what they're doing offensively, especially since Dak has been back in the lineup. They're number one in points per game, number one in third down, number two in red zone. Like, all of these things are really good without Odell that it's always good to have him. But, again, I don't know if you need him. It's more of a luxury. It would be more of a luxury item than a necessity uh, at this point in time of the season. Todd, all that being said, they get to the playoffs. What happens if they don't win? Like, how much pressure is on this staff to win a playoff game at this point? <laughs> well, I mean, Jerry said it at the start of the season, and when we were in Oxnard, that this is about playoff success and, and making a run. So the, the, this clock resets to zero uh, on, on Mike McCarthy, if we're being truthful. Now, does that mean if they lose a wild card re- uh, game, he's out because it's two years in a row. And uh, I can't, I can't go there. But again, like we just talked about Jerry being Jerry, he's done that thing before. Chan Gailey made the playoffs and back-to-back seasons in 98, 99, and he was fired. 
Um, I, I can't foresee that happening unless it's just a complete total meltdown by a team that's probably going to win at least 12 games uh, or should win 12 games when you look at the schedule um, the, the rest of the way. But, yeah, this is – Mike McCarthy was brought here to do more than what Jason Garrett did. Jason Garrett got this team to win NFC East championships and to the divisional round of the playoffs. Mike McCarthy's pedigree is NFC championships and he won a Super Bowl in Green Bay. That's why he's here, and it, it would be highly disappointing if they don't win a playoff game for sure. But, honestly, you look at the rest of the NFC and the way this is shaping up, you can make the argument that it would be disappointing if they don't read the, reach the NFC title game, provided maybe not having to face the Eagles in the second round of the playoffs, which is how it could shake out right now based on the seedings. Yeah, they would be the wild card team. Very well could be that team heading to that Eagles team that right now is on pace to get that by in the NFC. Todd, we certainly appreciate the time, and thank you for helping us kind of sort through everything that's going on down there in Dallas. And there's always a lot of sorting to do. <laughs> <laughs> Todd Archer, ESPN NFL Nation Cowboys reporter. Thanks, Todd. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. You miss Canty and Carlin. Time to earn some cash. The taste of money, the smell of wealth. Canty and Carlin's best play of the night. The taste of money. ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Series XM Channel 80, and on your smart speaker by saying play ESPN Radio. I'm Gabe Knight, so along with Michael Rothstein, filling in for the guys. But just because we're here, on Canty and Carlin, which is presented by Progressive Insurance, doesn't mean that Canty and Carlin aren't going to give you that best play of the night. They still do. So you got to listen up if you want to win some of that money with Canty and Carlin's best play of the night. Ah, yes. Once again, it is the Canty and Carlin play of the day. And tonight we look toward Madison Square Garden. The Knicks hosting the Atlanta Hawks. For a little parlay here, Mr. Canty. Yeah, Trey Young is the new Reggie Miller when it comes to the Madison Square Garden, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, he terrorizes Knicks fans. Yes. Yeah. I think that's and fair. He, and he takes pleasure and in it. He enjoys it. Yes. He, that's all he wants to do. <laughs> so his over-under number is 27 and a half points. Oh, over. Over. Okay. Over. That number is light from your reaction. Yeah, yeah. Over. Uh, Knicks are, by the way, our two-point favorites, so the Hawks are getting two. Hawks I like the plus Hawks. Two. I like the Hawks. And then lastly, uh, rebounds. How about this? R.J. Barrett, five and a half rebounds. Love it. I'm all over it, Carlin. Okay, so all there over. is your three-leg parlay. It is the Hawks plus two. It is uh, Trey Young over 27 and a half. Hopefully he doesn't get the flu, a.k.a. a back problem like we saw from Anthony Davis last night. No chance of Trey Young doing that in Madison Square Garden. Yeah, and then R.J. Barrett over five and a half rebounds. That pays out at plus 510. Ooh, not quite Aaron Judge money. No. But pretty good. <laughs> but pretty good. Oh boy, we'd have to put a lot to match that Aaron Judge money on there. Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. 
This is... Three and out. Three and out is brought to you by Indeed. Need to hire? Start at Indeed.com slash credit. Gabe Nigel, Michael Rothstein in for Canty and Carlin today. And where we begin... Bill's getting some bad news today, Michael, as edge rusher Von Miller out for the season. He had exploratory surgery during which he was discovered. He had a torn ACL, and he's already so he's already going to go on the surgery to repair the injury. This according to his head coach, Sean McDermott, during his press conference today. Bill's placing Miller into reserve last Thursday. Team had hoped he might be able to return by the end of the season. Obviously, that no longer is happening, and here is his quarterback, Josh Allen, on losing Von Miller. Um, obviously sucks losing him, guy of his caliber, you know, what he came here to do. Obviously we wish he's out there, you know, with us and we're, we're praying for him. We're keeping him in our hearts. Um, but the only way is forward and, um, you know, guys got to step up and uh, collectively we got to come together and, you know, try to, like I guess, come together and, and diminish his uh, absence as, as much as possible. Yeah, it's the NFL. It's, it's hard to win in this league. Um, there's going to be adverse, uh, you know, adversity every step of the way and, you know, luckily, we've got the guys that we do in this locker room. You know, I thought uh, our, our front office did a good job of bringing in the guys that we've brought in um, You know, for situations like this. I mean, it's tough. Yes, you can be prepared for a situation like this, Michael, but when you're losing one of your best defensive players and the guy who you brought in to get a bunch of sacks and he led the team in sacks right now with eight, this is going to be a tough pill to swallow for the Buffalo Bills as they try to make a run to their first Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, their first Super Bowl title, obviously. They yes. made four straight. As we, every, I think everybody knows that <laughs> if you are of a certain age and that age is over like 20. Uh, this is rough. This is really rough for the Bills. There's no way around this. I just I don't know where they're going to get the pass rush from because that's just been one of their issues. I think their back end will cover up a lot of problems because they do have Tredavious White back now. They still have Jordan Poyer. But... But 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 they just haven't been a great pass rush team in part beyond Von Miller, and that's going to be a bit concerning. It really is. Greg Rousseau, five sacks, ten quarterback hits. That's number two. AJ Apensa, they're going to need a lot from him. He has four and a half sacks right now, seven quarterback hits. Those two guys are going to have a big big shoes to fill because if they can't create some of it, Gabe. It's going to be rough when they face Kansas City or Miami in the playoffs. Yeah, the elite defenses are the ones that can just rush four and play seven in coverage and get after the quarterback with the four. I wonder if Buffalo's going to have to be a little bit more creative in trying to generate a pass rush without Von Miller, who when so much attention goes to him, it can open up things for other guys. Plus, he still creates for himself. It just it makes the equation for your defense, to me, end up being a little bit more difficult to figure out if you're the Buffalo Bills, but they're still in a really good spot. They're still going to end up in the playoffs. It's just how far can they go without such a key pass rusher. This is Canty and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. Gabe Neitzel and Michael Rothstein in for the guys. Three and out. And we move on to story two with Jeff Brom. He's heading back home. He's uh, finalizing a deal to make him the next head coach of the Louisville Cardinals. That's according to uh, sources telling ESPN today. The contract expected to be for six years and in the $35 million range, sources told ESPN, and the official introduction expected for Thursday, according to those sources. So Brom going from a team that he just took to the Big Ten Championship game against Michigan, now heading over to the Louisville Cardinals. Uh, this is a team that he has played for. He was a, a 
assistant coach for. Now he gets to be the head man for Louisville. Do you love this? Do you like this move for Jeff Brom? I do for a multitude of reasons. The first of which the Big Ten West, I think, is about to get a lot more difficult. First of all, Nebraska just hiring Matt Rule, that will make it harder. Iowa generally hangs around. I think Minnesota's pretty decent. Wisconsin should be better down the road. And who knows what the divisions are going to look like once USC and, and maybe UCLA end up in this picture as well. Jeff Brom going home to Louisville, an ACC that I think will be an easier conference to navigate. I like this a lot for Jeff Brom. Yeah, I'm not sure if he's leaving Purdue unless it's for Louisville. You know, because it, it, it is more or less home for him. And it seems to be, it's a home run hire to me for Louisville. It's for him to go back to that conference. And again, like you said, it seems ripe for the picking outside of the success that Clemson has had in that conference. It seems like you should be able to get back into the mix relatively quickly. And then finally, here on three and outs, Georgia's Stetson Bennett, USC's Caleb Williams, TCU's Max Duggan, and Ohio State's C.J. Stroud, all announced Monday as Heisman Trophy finalists. Has this award become too much of a quarterback award for you, Michael? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I've long, I used to be a Heisman voter when I covered college football, and I was a big believer in voting for defensive players, for running backs, for receivers. This is not the NFL MVP award, which generally goes to quarterbacks, right? This is the Heisman best player in college football. And sure, maybe it's a quarterback this year, but... For Blake Corum from Michigan not to be on this list, yes, I know he was injured, but the guy carried an undefeated Michigan team. No, like this has become a quarterback award this year. There should always be at least one non-quarterback on this list, and it's a shame that a guy like Blake Corum will not get rewarded for that. Yeah, I I wish, and I know he's a quarterback, but I feel like he was the favorite for most of the season until he got hurt, and it's not like he missed that much of the season, but Hedden Hooker feels like he should have gotten an invite as well, the quarterback from Tennessee, as exciting as they were this year, and then suffering the unfortunate injury. So that's another guy I would have liked to see on this list, but yes, I would love to see more defensive players, running backs, and it it wasn't that long ago that Devontae Smith won this award, but still, and it was nice to see Aiden Hutchinson in the, he wasn't going to win last year, but it was nice to see him that he was present and, and that you have representation. Because even though you know Stetson Bennett is, is there representing Georgia, which makes sense. You should probably have a representative from the best team in college football. I don't think he's the best player on his own team. So the fact that he's the one representing them, it, we can vote for other people other than quarterbacks for a lot of these major awards. Don't miss KJM tomorrow. It's starting at 6 a.m. Fitz and Courtney Cronin coming up next right here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.